What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lance Rules Podcast, the only Australian Lance Stevenson podcast with a bias towards Lance Stevenson. Just if you don't like Lance Stevenson, don't listen to this episode. We're just going to talk about Lance for like half an hour. So, um, also, we're it's it's important to give people their flowers uh, while they're still around. And I'm going to give us some flowers. We've been talking about this for two years now, back to last season. Uh, this is something that we've wanted since he left the team. Basically, we've said that the Pacers need a guy like Lance. And lo and behold, tw- the only player in NBA history to score 20 points off the bench in a first quarter a career high of 14 assists today in a win against a legitimate playoff team that yes, we're missing some players, but so will we. And this team is finally after, you know, since the bubble, since TJ Warren in the bubble, Justin, you weren't here last episode. I'm going to give you the first, the the new ball, as they say in cricket. Uh, this team's fun. Finally, we've been waiting for this for two years. Yeah, we have. And you said, um, you know, if you don't like Lance, don't listen to the episode. Well, all our listeners know we've been saying this for years and years, basically since we started the podcast, that we just don't know, A, why Lance wasn't in the NBA, and then B, why he wasn't on the paces. Um, I've had DMs and I'm sure, or mentions, and I'm sure you have, Alex, for years where people have said, um, you know, oh, get over it. Lance is, you know, we have to move on past Lance. He's not a difference maker. Let's not have him for a third time. It's it's all gimmicky. Um, and I even heard Rick Carlisle mention, uh, Kevin Pritchard actually said to Rick Carlisle, look, some people are going to roll their eyes at this move. Um, you know, some people are going to think this is gimmicky bringing Lance back. But uh, you look, you, you see how much of a change he's made to the energy, to the fans, to the bench. Uh, again, Carlisle mentioned today after Utah's win that um, he hasn't seen the bench that electrified and into the game. And that's all just due to Lance. His energy brings as a fan, my God, how good is it to watch him run point? How exciting is it? And not throwing any shade, but when you've gone from Malcolm Brogdon to Lance Stevenson, and I'm not saying Lance is better than Malcolm, but just as an excitement basketball fan, how good is it to watch? Different. It's, it's really, really different. And it's not a style of basketball that the Pacers have been able to, we've seen a Pacers team play since the Brogdon and McConnell sort of acquisitions, I guess, because really, you know, Brogdon is a methodical point guard. We've talked about how, you know, tough to watch the Pacers have been. And that kind of starts with the pace that they play at in the half court. And, you know, with Brogdon with the ball, he's, he's really quite slow. TJ McConnell is, is not a dynamic, you know, transition scorer either. He makes some stuff happen, don't get me wrong, but neither are known for their offensive creativity and ability to, you know, elevate those around them. And Alex, we're seeing Lance elevate people around them. Like he's, you can see that this team likes playing together and you can see that they, you know, they're not trying harder. I don't want to say that because that's, you know, disrespectful to the players that are in COVID protocols. You might have a different take, but they, they look like they're, it's more natural. They're having more fun and it's, it's, the game is coming easier to them. Well, you know who the happiest man out of everyone of this is? 
Demonis Sabonis. <laughs> Last yep. two games, he's averaging 37 points on 80% shooting. So, I mean, and Lance assisted on 10 of Sabonis' 18 field goals today. So you don't reckon he's uh, uh, jumping for joy because, you know, we talked a little bit about it. Like, him and Levert haven't looked that good together this year, right? Like, even no. Brogdon and Sabonis haven't been as good in the pick and roll this season as they were a couple of years ago. So even just to get a, a pick and roll ball handler and, and passer, and it's funny, Quinn Buckner on the uh, broadcast today said, <laughs> Lance is the, already the second best passer on the team. Yeah. And I was like, I can't even argue with that. <laughs> he probably already is. Uh, he's one of the only guys who can make a post-entry pass on the uh, paces that he's been here for a week. So, yeah, it's good to have him back. And I told you guys, like, these are the best two games of his career. I'll stay, I'll back-to-back at least. So, to get him uh, back in Bank's life field house and doing what he's doing, is, uh, I think it's great for everyone. They might almost be the best two games of Lance's career and Domas's career. I mean, mm, the, yep. the, the crazy... The crazy part is that this team looks so different when those two guys are on the floor. And I think if this tells the front office anything, it should tell them this is how you set up a guy like Demata Sabonis for success because, you know, he's been playing with Miles Turner. He's been playing with guys that can create their own shot on the perimeter, but don't necessarily get others involved. You know, maybe Domas just needs to be able to run with some, you know, dynamic, creative players all around him that can get him involved just like he can get them involved. Maybe it's a, you know, like, I don't know. It's it's so weird to look at the difference between Brogdon Levert and Sabonis and Lance and Sabonis. It's like night and day. There's like two different styles of basketball being played and one is Justin definitely conducive to winning and one is definitely conducive to falling asleep. Yeah, yeah, it is. And agree with both your sentiments there. It's it's night and day. And yeah, Domas, I mean, yeah, career high, career high for Lance off the bench. I just think it's crazy, right? Because Lance is getting career highs off the bench in yeah. under 30 minutes a night. Like career high 14 assists in 28, 29 minutes. It is completely insane. And yeah, it's, you know, not going against any slouches. You could argue it's two of the best four teams in the league, Brooklyn and Utah. So um Look, you guys know we all have, but, you know, I've been a massive advocate of Lance. He's probably my favorite player and, uh, well, on this current team, he, he is. Um, and I just want to pose a question to you guys. Uh, I don't know if you're taking it too far or I'm taking it too far after two games, but if we if we put Reggie aside, right, because Reggie's just on another pedestal. Wow. Where are no, we that, going? That is the greatest feature of all right time, now. mate. Oh. I'm not... Hear me out. Hear me out. Hang on. I'm I'm just bracing myself right now. Hear me out. I expect my mentions to get flamed right now, but let's put Reggie aside because he's on a pedestal no one will ever reach. But is there another player that has been beloved by the Pacer Nation like Lance? He's the most popular Pacer ever not named Reggie Miller. So I'm right. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Yeah, I'm really glad you didn't go with like production ability stats. (laughs) You know, anything (laughs) tangible like that. But when you just talk about popularity, like approval rating, Lance is beloved. I mean, that you saw like the the shots of people just being so elated to have him come onto the court the last couple of times in the first quarter, like strumming guitars in the crowd and high-fiving each other and giving him a standing ovation. Alex, it's, it's... it's insane. It's like seeing a, a guy that won multiple championships for a team come back for a last run. It's it's unbelievable. 
I was literally talking about this with someone the other day. It's it's funny because if you talk to an NBA casual or someone who doesn't really follow the NBA and said to them, oh, yeah, this guy's like the most beloved guy in franchise history. They were chanting MVP for him in the second quarter. They'd be like, oh, so he's an all-star, right? Or like he's an MVP. Like, no, this guy's come off the bench for most of his career. Yeah. Um, but but that's just, that's I think that's a testament to Lance. You know, he's had such an impact in the small, small amount of playing time that he does have. When he's on the court, he makes it count, right? And we've kind of talked about, the previous couple of years, guys not taking advantage of minutes and opportunities, but yeah, Lance is not one of those guys. And hey, this is all I'll say though: if Kevin Pritchard doesn't sign this man uh, for at least the rest of the season, he is going. He, he can never show his face at the Fieldhouse ever again. We, like, we got to, that simple. So we got to talk about that because that's the next logical step here. And and you know, whenever there's a new player signed, there is also a player that has to be waived, which sucks and is a part of the business side of basketball. But Keelan Martin gave his all every single minute he was given an opportunity to be on that court this season. And I think every Pacers fan should have great respect for the amount of effort that he gave. He had a couple of games where he was a key contributor down the stretch. And it's clear that Rick Carlisle liked playing him and trusted him. Um, it's unfortunate that he was the guy that had to be waived, just like Evan and Sumner earlier in the season. You hate to see guys who give it their all um, not be rewarded uh, and therefore have to find another job. Um, having said that, a roster spot is open. Uh, O'Shea's uh, guarantee was picked up for the rest of the season. Kiefer Sykes's guarantee was picked up for the rest of the season. Um, massive shouts to those two guys. O'Shea, I've been a fan of for uh, ever since he came into the team. Uh, Kiefer was uh, in the NBL last season, so uh, has a special place for all three of us who like to see NBL players succeed. But that spot is for Lance. It has to be for Lance because you cannot see, witness what we have witnessed the last two home games when you were last in attendance and you are struggling to win games, and all of a sudden you nearly beat uh, one of the best teams in the East, and you beat one of the better teams in the West in um, consecutive home games. I mean, Justin, this is you, you can't you can't not sign this guy. Like his ten day runs out, I think maybe tomorrow or the next day. But you, it's it's impossible to not sign him for the rest of this season and next season. In my view, you have to do this. They did it a couple of years ago when he came in, and you have to do it again. I mean, yeah, it's signed, sealed, and delivered already. I'll say, people reading the Evan Messi tweets, it's there's no sources needed on this one. It's he's he's signed up. You, you cannot have two two career nights and then be be gone from the yeah. team. I mean, doesn't work that there'd way. Be champ- how many championship contenders would want to sign Lance now? You, you know, you'd have you'd have the likes of Phoenix, Brooklyn, uh, Philly. You know, they'd all want to sign Lance after the, what they've seen. So it's a no-brainer. Um, anyone tweeting out, you know, oh they're in discussions is, you know, how idiotic is that? Because everyone knows they're going to keep Lance. You've seen Carlisle's two press conferences after the game. Ninety percent of the conversations about Lance. Um, is the podium? He's been at the yeah. podium. Lance has been at the podium taking questions. Like he's uh, unbelievable. Like this po- is a guy that's po- on a ten-day ten contract. Po- post-game interviews with JJ. Like he's he's the most popular player on the team right now. So um, yeah, it is a no-brainer. It is sad to see other people, uh, other players wave, like you mentioned. But um, I'm a hundred percent certain he gets signed on. There is just no way in hell 
Lance is not a pacer uh, come the end of this season. And how great is it going to be able to watch him for the you know last 40 or so games of the season? It's going to be great. And can I just say, like, I know that some people that work for the team listen to, to the show and Pacers team store, NBA store, mm. where, where are our Lance jerseys? Because I want one. Justin, do you, will you buy a Lance jersey when they come up? Of course you will. Alex, will you buy a Lance jersey when you when they come up? Of course we will. So, you know, give us the mixtape city edition Lance jersey, put them up, Pacers team store, put them up, NBA store, Australian site, US site, doesn't matter. This guy is super popular. His jerseys will sell. So sell his jerseys. Why can I not find a Lance jersey right now? Why can I not pre-order a Lance jersey right now? Wouldn't I the mean, Hawks? Are you, the Hawks even signing a Lance, uh, selling a Lance jersey? Or I tried to find one, couldn't find a Lance jersey, couldn't oh, find yeah. um, the ability to be able to get one. But uh, the Pacers need to at least sell his jersey. I mean, reg- it doesn't even matter if he's around after this week. Just allow people to buy his jersey. Number one, I think the part of the money goes to him potentially because it's him. But um, no, I saw two, that you can you can customize it, do your own custom yeah. one, but. That's silly. People want to don't want to do that because it's actually a different print as well. It costs like uh, twenty bucks more per jersey. Like just just make Lance jerseys, put them up for sale. Yeah. Give us Lance jerseys. I mean, the the reaction that the fans had. Can you imagine if his jersey was on sale in the team store the last two games? It'd sell out both times. Like kids would buy that jersey. Grown men, grown women, families would buy Lance jerseys because, and it's a business. You want to make money, so make money give us Lance jerseys. Like that's, that's my, that's my plead for the episode. But Alex, it's, it's really interesting to see the difference in demeanor from certain players. And we got to talk about Miles Turner. We talked about him last episode. Um, We said that he can't continue to go missing for stretches and fourth quarter didn't play today. And also, I mean, look, it's hard to tell, but he certainly didn't look happy on the bench. He certainly didn't look impressed to not be playing in the fourth quarter. And Lance and Domas, you know, dominated this game. And we've sort of seen a little bit of a blueprint for how do you build a team when you have a guy like Demata Sabonis as either your best or your second best player, where you put a dynamic creative guard with him and you surround them with shooters. And is this the is this the thing? Is this the nail in the coffin of, you know, the team are not going to choose Turner over Sabonis, particularly not with these numbers, not after he's made the All-Star team two times. Are we seeing the last month of Miles Turner in a Pacers uniform? Yeah, I mean... It's kind of funny we've been saying that for like two years. So <laughs> I never actually know when it's going to happen. But I mean, look, I think for him and Karras, I think those two guys, I, I struggle to see either of them on this team after February uh, 10th. They don't Feb, fit. So, they don't, they don't yeah, fit. In look, what, I, I in think you've works. seen as well, Rick, Rick Carlisle and Levert haven't clicked this year. I mean, Miles has been sitting in the fourth quarter the last two games. You know, in the Brooklyn game, he barely touched the floor in the fourth as well. So... And it's not even just that, like, there's no point of having this guy on your roster if he's on the bench, right? Like, yeah. well, you're not going to pay a dude $18 million to sit on the bench 
in the final eight minutes of a, of a game. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It's a lose lose situation. It doesn't help the paces. It doesn't help Miles as an individual. And uh, it, it kind of sucks as well a little bit because I feel like his value has probably dropped in the last month. Um, but, but look, there's still going to be a ton of suitors. I think the Hornets still make the most sense. The Timberwolves have been rumored. The Knicks, like there's going to be so many teams of Raptors. So I think KP is going to have a ton of calls about him in the next month. Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it is sad. I, I definitely kept a close eye on Miles today on the bench versus Utah. And like I messaged you guys during the game. I've probably never seen Miles that dejected. He just looked out of it. Lance did that sick kind of no-look past the dome after the slam. Everyone was going wild. And Miles, unfortunately, was not impressed whatsoever. He kind of gave a fake clap. Uh, and he looked very annoyed. And, and you would be. We're, we've all played basketball. You, you, you all know well, how you feel. When the, yeah, the coach doesn't play you in the fourth quarter. You're pissed. Like, let's let's be blunt. You're annoyed. Yeah, you're a team guy. You want to see the team win. But personally, you want to be on that court helping the team. So understand where he's coming from. And look, I didn't understand the Brooklyn game, why he wasn't on the court in the fourth quarter. Like, Justin Holiday was throwing up absolute bricks. He was like one of nine from deep or something like that. And you had Miles, who, who played relatively well, at least on the defensive end, sitting on the bench. Oh, I didn't understand that. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the same. There is no way they trade Sabonis now. Like, it's kind of franchise suicidal to do that when you've lost two previous All-Stars with the stats yeah. Domus is putting up. It ain't happening. Um, if you can package Miles and Karras, geez, what, what sort of return does that get you? I reckon that could get you a decent, you know, fringe All-Star type player, surely. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings kings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER well or you know do you do you go for that cam reddish sort of piece that everyone's been kind of begging the paces to go for i mean there's the paces have had great success with getting young guys maybe on the first contract or the second contract that are not getting as much playing time and they've immediately seen a bump and reddish is is pretty much the exact sort of example of, of that sort of guy. I mean, Alex, is that a guy that you want the Pacers to go after and sacrifice a starter to get? Am I the only one that finds that situation wild? Like, I know Nate McMillan doesn't really love playing the young guys that much, but he seems way too good. Every time I watch him play, he's dropping buckets. He had a couple of nice dimes the other day. So he, he to me, is way better than what he's getting playing time-wise. And it's bizarre every time I see him in rumors. Uh, I know Gallo. Gallinari is another guy in rumors. I don't know if you have to package him and Reddish. I don't know if that would work, but I, th- I would love to see Reddish as a guy we talked. And there was obviously rumors earlier in the draft, right? The Hawks wanted our 13th pick, but we didn't part with it. So 
you know, if there is that interest there, I would love Reddish on the faces. Yeah, it depends, obviously, what they want back. But, I mean, you know, it's clear that Karis LeVert and Miles Turner both have the ability to to play a significant role in the rotation of a playoff team. I mean, you know, you can upgrade positions there. And, you know, you look at the... you Look, Golden State, for example. I mean, Miles Turner would be an update on Kevon Looney, for example. So, you know, he, he would be a more... Um, reliable player than James Wiseman in in that rotation. So you know, I think there are definitely there are suitors. Um, I think we all agree that you'd rather go for a young player um, unless you can somehow get a disgruntled All Star. But there are not many of those. So you know, you're not getting Ben Simmons for Miles Turner and Karis LeVert. Um, you're probably not getting De'Aaron Fox for Miles um, Turner and Karis LeVert uh, unless you throw in what will be quite a high draft pick this season. So I guess the uh, the question becomes, do you just take what you can get? Do you try and get a pick? Because at some point we're going to be eliminated from playoff contention. Like as, as fun as this is, Justin, I can't see it continuing to a point where we uh, fast forward two, three weeks time and suddenly we're 10th, 9th in the East. No, and that's very important to say, Adam, because people sometimes get on a high after a good win. Um, I hate to bring us back to reality because I know it's harsh, but this is still a dreadful team. Um, One win doesn't change that. Utah didn't have Rudy Gobert, and I think they had some issues with their flight. So, um, look, you're always going to get some wins at home um, no matter what. This this Pacers team is is bad. Um, Lance isn't going to... Well, you never know, but no, I, I doubt he's going to push us into the playoffs um, no matter how good he's playing. So, yeah, I'd be shocked to go along with your point, Adam. I don't think Pacers will get a draft pick with the trades they do. Historically, they've never done that. And I've heard Kevin Pritchard say, you know, the draft picks, you know, value goes in half as soon as you've made that pick draft night. Yeah. Uh, everyone wants the number eight pick, but once you've drafted the guy, the your, the market value has just dropped incredibly. So um, it's pretty funny how that works. So um, you mentioned as well, Philly wouldn't do Ben Simmons for Levert and Turner. Geez, for me, Philly would be stupid not to do that. And I, you're probably right. They probably wouldn't do it, but <laughs> they could add a Miles Turner and Karis Levert to, you know, Embiid, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris. You're looking at a bloody all-star starting five. Yeah, I think... Um... The, the issue I have with that is that I don't think Philly are willing to part with Ben Simmons for anything less than another all-star. And unfortunately, Miles That's Turner why he hasn't been traded that. yet. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't been <laughs> traded. And that's probably why he probably won't be traded. That's the thing. So, you know, do you look at a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. who's out of favor in Houston? Do you want to take on a bit of a head case guy and, you know, try and make something of a guy that hasn't really covered himself in glory this season? Um, do you... You know, can like everyone's talking about, and you can clearly see that Lance has matured dramatically over the past four or five years. He's clearly in a better place personally, professionally. He clearly just loves the game. It's been taken away from him at different points, and he values that. You know, can he mentor a guy like Kevin Porter Jr.? Can he, um, you know, show him the right way to do it and avoid the same mistakes? Because you know, Kevin Porter Jr. is quite enigmatic. He's, you know, got a ton of talent, but he clearly doesn't have the right mindset right now um, and the right maturity level, which reminds you of a young Lance. He didn't have those things either. So, you know, I think 
Um, it will be really interesting to see what's done over the next month. I think we've got about a month left until the trade deadline, but I would be shocked. I would be very, very shocked, Alex, if this team, this roster is exactly the same post-trade deadline. No shot. There's no shot. And, and not even just that, though. Like I think this is what a lot of people have been saying, that the sellers this year are going to get the most value for their for their players because there are a lot of teams who are struggling right now. You look at the Knicks, the Celtics out of the playing spot right now. They might blow yeah. it up or they might make some moves. So there are uh, so many teams who uh, may, maybe think they're a Miles Turner away from being a contender or maybe they're a Karis Levert coming off the bench or whatever away from being a contending team. So I think for the Pacers, you know, even if you absolutely love those guys, you know, we're, we're big fans of Miles, obviously. I like Levert's game when he's at his best, but I think we're still going to get good value for those guys. And Kevin Pritchard's had, what, like three years worth of off-season calls for Miles. So he knows what his value is and he knows what he knows uh, what the market's going to be. Definitely. And you've even got teams like Memphis that are on the way up that might think that they're a Karis LeVert away from being, mm. you know, yep. in that top tier of the West. You know, one more guy that can get buckets off the bench and act as a six man um, behind, you know, Bain and Dylan Brooks and obviously Ja Morant. But, you know, there's there's so many teams that could use a guy like Karis LeVert or a guy like Miles Turner. Everyone needs a shop locker. So the Mavericks, I think, will be one. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, once again, it will come down to, as it always does with this stuff, it will come down to what are they willing to sacrifice for that player? What are they willing to, to give up? And, um, you know, you look at a team like Dallas, and we've said it before, they don't have much to give up. You look at a team like Memphis, they've got plenty to give up. They've got, you know, Tillman, Brooks, Bain, They've got Jaron Jackson Jr. to dangle at different teams if they're if they're able to get a couple of good players or a couple, or an all-star player. So, you know, Memphis are, are in a prime position to be able to make a deal and could be had um, a good player, a good young player could be had for the right combination. So um, I think it's it's going to be a very, very interesting month. But just looking forward, I mean. Justin, we've we've obviously seen that Duarte's out of protocols. We're waiting on Levert and Brogdon to come out of protocols. What role does Lance play when everyone is healthy? Yeah, that's an interesting one because obviously um, Brogdon would start and I'm not sure what would happen with the Duarte holiday thing. I'd ideally like, I mean, Justin Holiday hasn't had a good year, um, but I understand why you'd start him and then bring Duarte off the bench because just that scoring punch off the bench. But I think you're to essentially stagger the minutes. I don't think it cares kind of who's starting. It it cares who's ending and who's getting significant minutes. You you can't be having Lance on the court when Domas is off. You've seen yeah. their connection. You've seen their chemistry together. It'd be stupid if Domas plays the first eight minutes of the game and then Lance comes on with the second unit and he's passing to um, you know, Brissette or okay, Goga yeah. if he's in. Yeah, you know, that's just stupid. So um, um, Rick Carlisle's going to have a lot of, I guess, freedom. But in saying that, we always mention about what if, what if when this team's fully healthy. What happens when TJ Warren comes back? You know, how does that affect Chris DeWarte and Lance and everything like that? Who knows? But will he come back? That's the question. The, the one that I'm really interested in, given how Lance has played as backup point guard, is TJ McConnell. Because TJ McConnell coming back in has been our backup point guard for the last, what, three seasons. And that's just been his role. And he just signed a new, I think, three-year, $27 million deal. 
And this guy's come in, Lance Stevenson, and he's also the backup point guard, but he's able to do things offensively that TJ McConnell is probably able to do defensively. So Lance can't be your third string. Can, can no, no, he can't. Not at all. Not at this point. I think if you want uh, people to, to come and see your team and, I think based on the last seven to 10 days, if you want to put this team in a position to win as many games as it can, even though, you know, uh, the fan base feels differently, then I can't see how you can either not play Lance at all or play him limited minutes off the bench. I mean, Alex, he's just been too good to stop that. Now that, that could change on the road. I mean, Lance, you know, puts his Superman cape on when he's in game Ridge field house. So maybe road games are going to be a different story. His game in Madison square garden wasn't great, but um, at this stage, I, I just don't see how you can sign the guy and not play him. It's tough. Uh, uh, the most concerned I am about anyone is Brogdon. I feel like we, we have heard very little about that Achilles and, you know, he went down yeah. what, like, when was that heat game? That was like two weeks or maybe not two weeks ago, but a week and a half ago. And, you know, he hasn't touched the court since then. So he's one of those guys to me where you almost have to look at resting him for the season. And we talked about that last episode, Adam, didn't we? You know, we signed him to a four-year extension. He's making over 20 mil a year. If he tears his Achilles this season, you're losing so much, right? So, yeah. I know the Pacers would never do that realistically, but if you were to sit Brogdon, then that opens a spot, and I think Lance just takes all those minutes. So, it's a look. It's a good problem to have, but Lance, like you guys said, Lance has to get rotation minutes. He has to get consistent time, especially at home. And you know, I, I think projecting forward a little bit, if you do end up playing Lance significant minutes uh, over the rest of the season, and Malcolm misses the rest of the season because of that Achilles to, to make sure that a tear doesn't happen, then you're effectively saying, okay, let's see how we go with a fast creative point guard. And if we go well, then, you know, you can trade Malcolm Brogdon in his four years remaining in the off season, even though he signed that extension in the off season, he is trade eligible. So if a team wants a steady hand at point guard, and the Pacers decide to go in a different direction because they've seen that that's how to maximize Demarcus Sabonis, then I think you have to start having those sorts of conversations. You have to protect Brogdon's health, both for him, for the team, but also for his forward trade value. Because Justin, at the moment, I mean, the extension is looking like a mistake. I couldn't agree more. And I messaged you guys that today about, I'm a bit off Brogdon and I know it's, it's, you know, you don't want to get caught up in these last two games of Lance and, you know, just go away with it and not think about, you know, Malcolm, who we were talking about as a potential all-star last season, but I'm personally a bit off him. Um, I feel like if you sat Domas in a room and said, who would you rather play with? Yeah. Who do you rather play with Lance or Malcolm? I have a feeling I know who would say and how, how bad is that that he w- he would pick a 10-day contract dude over your starting point guard? And look, yep. I could be wrong. Domas could say Malcolm, but I highly doubt it. So I yeah, personally, I think the only players that the pace that I want to see on the pace is long term now. And I'm the same as you, Alex. I all like them individually, great players, great people, and all want to see him do well. But I think long term, 
is right now maybe probably Sabonis and Duarte um, out of your key core. Um, who knows what TJ Warren's going to bring? This team's just got too many question marks. And like you said, Adam, if Malcolm's eligible to be traded, what did you say after the deadline or after this season? After the season. I, I think you have to look into that. Like, you know, Scott Agnes said they called up Philly one more time to say, hey, would you would you do Brogdon for Simmons? And um, so obviously they're willing to trade Brogdon. Mm, yeah. So I think you're right. I think that's great, a great idea. You know, if we do well with a fast point guard like so many other good teams in the league have, why are we sticking with this slow point guard running up and down the court in this half-court offense? I mean, and look, we've been pretty positive with the front office on this show, but you have to start wondering why they extended Brogdon in the first place. He's a guy who's super injury prone, didn't really make sense to the fan base when it was announced just because, I mean, he's on similar money. I think he's on, you know, 22 and a half million for that extra two years, which is not a a great deal of money in the grand scheme of things. It puts him well under the max maximum salaries, you know, somewhere between 30, 40 million. And for great players, it can go up to 50. So you're talking about paying a guy, 22 and a half million a year for two extra seasons, but he's injury prone and not consistent. And, you know, when you've got a guy who can't stay on the court in arguably the most important position on the court, and you're paying him more money than any other starter and therefore any other player on the team, then you need durability and consistency from that guy. You can't afford to, you know, tie up a quarter of your salary cap in a guy that you're not confident can play, you know, 60, let alone 80 games a year. And Brogdon has not proven to be that guy since his rookie season when he run rookie of the year. This is not a knock on his ability as a basketball player. He's a great player, but he can't stay on the court, Alex. And when you're paying that amount of money, you, you need a guy who's durable. Yeah, and what's well, been the problem <laughs> the last three years, hasn't it, mate? I mean, even a guy like Warren, and this is probably why they, they were so worried about extending him and why he won't get an extension, right? Like, we haven't seen him play in over a year. So you don't want Levert, Brogdon, and Warren to be taking up $60 million when they're going to combine for, what, 100 games all together? Like, yeah. if we're lucky, if we're lucky. So, I mean... Uh, it's so tough because they're all great players, right? Like at, at their best, Warren, 20 points. Brogdon, 20 points. Levert, 20 points. The, when, the Pacers have never had this many 20-point scorers on the same team, which is the most frustrating part about it. But we just don't have a true point guard, which is number one. I'll say it all the time. Brogdon is so much better when he's catch and shoot. Um, so, ah, uh, yeah, it's tough, mate. It's tough. I think you, you have to explore it in the next offseason, don't you? If if they find that a true point guard plays better with Sabonis. Additionally, I mean, Rick Carlisle has won a championship with a incredibly talented power forward being his best player. Now Mm -hmm. I'm not comparing Sabonis and Dirk. They're two completely different players and Dirk's one of the greatest players of all time. Having said that you built a team around Dirk to win a championship. And if you believe that Sabonis is a player that you want to build around at the moment, you haven't done that. You haven't built around him. So are you just getting the best players that you can? Cause it seems like that's what they've done over time rather than trying to build a team that makes sense. It's get as much talent as possible, throw it out there. And Justin, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And 
it's it's going to be interesting this next few games because the Pacers have really tough opponents. So, um, look, who knows what the team direction is going to go for the you know latter part of the year. Um, I personally hope we can get a top five pick. That's my hope. But uh, who knows? You know, knowing the Pacers, they'll rattle off a five-game win streak. So, um, yeah. And just just before I hand off, I just want to say one more quick thing. We we were right about Lance. <laughs> we were. Uh, now we've got obviously fifteen and twenty five, but uh, a really tough road ahead. It will be really interesting to see if the Pacers can make any ground on the Hawks, or alternatively, if the season continues the way it has been going. We're the Pacers, and we will see you again soon.